Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you haven't followed me yet on your podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my show. Subscribe to my show on YouTube if you're listening to it over there. If you're not listening to it on YouTube, but you want to talk about the episode, go to YouTube because that's where people comment and we get in conversations. A lot of my guests go over there and comment back to the people who make comments. So it's a lot of fun over on YouTube. I am at Strict Anonymous. That's my handle on YouTube. You could also find me there on Instagram or Twitter at Strict Anonymous. And now this show is called Strict Anonymous because everybody on my show is anonymous. They make up phony names. I change their voices. If you want to be on the show because you have like an interesting naughty life that you want to talk about or you need advice on some sort of interesting problem and you want me to pick it apart with you, which is what I love to do, you could be on the show. You will remain anonymous like everybody else. If you want to be on the show, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast.gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or go to Instagram or Twitter and follow me at Strict Anonymous and DM me there. I also have a confessions line. You could call that number 24-7. You could leave a naughty anonymous confession. I air those over on my Patreon. I change everybody's voices. That number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. Now, if you want to talk to me on the DL because you want my unprofessional advice, which happens to be really good advice, <laughs> but it's a not, someone said, don't say unprofessional, say non-professional. Non-professional, my non-professional advice, because you have a problem and you want someone to help you with it. I love doing that. I do offer that service. I charge for it. You could send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com, and I will send you the details. All the links to everything I just told you is in the description. I am going to get right to the episode today. It's super interesting. I've been holding on to this one because I had to edit the shit out of it because he repeated a lot of words and stuff. But anyway, today I have on Aaron. Aaron is only 19 years old. He's a ultra-Orthodox Jewish kid. I'm not going to say a guy. Well, maybe a guy, a kid, a kid slash guy because he is legal age, okay? I'm not talking to anyone illegal. He's 19, and this guy lost his virginity at a swingers club. When you hear all the details, it's like so crazy because he explains how things go down in his religion. It's very strict. There is no talk about SEX. There is no talk about dicks or balls or masturbation or anything. Okay. He had no idea what was going on. And then one day is like dick got hard and he's like, what the heck is this? And he wound up going to like the family computer to just like look it up. And he didn't even know the terminology. I mean, didn't even know penis, dick, nothing. Never even heard of it. But that's how, that's how he was raised. We talk a lot about that and like how he went looking just to find this information because he was like, what the fuck is going on? And he wound up stumbling across porn. And then the porn led him to OnlyFans. And then OnlyFans led him to like a couple. And then he started watching them have sex. And then they're like, well, you should go to this sex club. And this kid guy lives in London. And he did. He wound up going to a sex club. And think about it. Like he had never had sex. He had never done anything. This was the only thing he could do to sort of learn about it and get his rocks off. Because within his community, everyone lives under these rules. So there is no SCX going down at all before marriage. He winds up at that swingers club. He talks about his first experience. He talks about his second experience. He talks about losing his virginity there. He talks about the couples that he's hooked up. He had threesomes. He got pegged. He had orgies. I mean, it all went down. It's like crazy. It's crazy and it's super interesting because you do learn a, a lot about his religion, which to me was fascinating. Like I said, you have to have that backstory 
to get how he wound up there because I don't think anyone would have made up this story. It sort of just happened and things snowballed for him. So much so that when he like went at some point, he talks about going to visit some of his family members in L.A. He lives in London, but he went to visit in L.A. and he went on the computer there and decided to find some strip clubs. I mean, not strip clubs, worse, swingers clubs, and went to them on the DL while he was there. He got a blowjob from some famous porn star. He saw some famous porn stars there, got a blowjob from one, and that's how he's been living his life. And he's only 19 years old. We do talk about what his future looks like. He's not looking to leave his religion or his family or his community. He wants a traditional life eventually. But right now, this is what's going on. And that's what's fascinating because he is juggling these two worlds. And of course, neither one of them knows about each other, okay? <laughs> nobody in his community where he lives knows about, of course, the swinging lifestyle. And nobody in the swinging lifestyle knows where he comes from. So it's like, it's crazy and it's interesting. And I know I use that word a lot, but this one really is interesting. It takes a while to get to the point where he gets to the sex club. But like I said, you need to know all the stuff about how he was raised because it's interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to be right back on with Aaron. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So, Aaron, I was a little excited when I got your email because I always like when I have people on that are going to be talking about something that I don't talk about a lot. I did have recently on a Orthodox Jewish couple who turned, like, who were swingers. You are, an, but they weren't that religious when it came down to it. You are. You are ultra-religious Orthodox Jewish man who's studying in the seminary by day, is what you said in your email, and by night, you're like screwing couples in orgies, doing all kinds of crazy things. So you really are living a double life. And you're super young. How old are you again? I'm 19. 19! I don't even know if I should be talking yeah. to you. What's the legal age to have sex where you live? I don't know. Or is, I mean... Uh in yeah. England, in England, it's 16. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. So you're legal. Okay. So now, Aaron, yeah. please tell me, first of all, because my father is a priest. People know this. I just added myself recently. And he went to the seminary. So am I assuming that you are going to the seminary because you are going to be some sort of rabbi or something like that? I'm confused. So in my community, even if you're not going to be a rabbi, it's normal to spend time in a seminary. So oh. when I was 16, I, I left school. Uh -huh. And I've since then, I've been in a theological seminary. And I will probably be there for another two to three years. Oh, wow. So five, six years in total, which is really, it's what everybody does in my community. Oh, interesting. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah. It's, it's just a general thing, as in everybody I know, everybody I grew up with does it. And there's almost a social pressure that you, you have to go. It's, of course. It's non-negotiable, I would say. Right. I mean, imagine you did it. You'd scar your whole family. It's that kind of a thing, too, I would assume. You know, yeah. Everyone would be talking. Definitely. Right? And not just my family, the community. It yeah. Would, it would, people, people would talk about it. It's, it's like big news, almost. Now, how hardcore are you? Because I know that when I spoke with Damien and his wife, they were like, oh, that's not, we're not that religious, but we are religious. So if I remember correctly, I listened to that podcast yeah. and they were talking about not being Hasidic. Right. That's, uh, and right. I'm not Hasidic either. Ultra-Orthodox Judaism broadly splits into two strands, Hasidic Judaism and what's referred to as in the lingo, Litvish Judaism, which is, it means Lithuanian. And it's oh. not particularly from Lithuania. It's, it's more broad than that. Mm -hmm. But we don't look the same. We wear black hats and white shirts and black suits. And everyone's, everyone dresses the same. Oh, you do and, have that uh, aspect also, to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but no, we're not like Hasidic people wear like long coats. And some of them wear fur hats. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. We don't do that. Oh my God. So wait, are the people that you're fooling around with in the community or outside of the community? So outside of the community. See, in my community, it's completely, it's completely forbidden. I mean, 
my growing up education regarding mm -hmm. the, the most basic things about sex and human sexuality was extremely limited and it would be, and it's completely taboo in the community and even if there was somebody who potentially was thinking in the same way i was yeah. i would never know because nobody wants to talk about it with anybody else and so i had to look beyond the community in order to explore that part of myself good news strictly anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show so if you lead an interesting naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous if you're out and proud that's cool too send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com that's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictly anonymous podcast Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Are you here because you love hot stories? <laughs> well, I know where you could find a ton more hot stories, and that is on the Dipsy Stories app. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories. No matter what you're into or what floats your boat, Dipsy has something for you. Whether you're into straight stories or queer stories, threesomes and moresome stories, you're gonna find it on Dipsy. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. So there's always more to explore. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and written stories to choose from. And they also have, which is my favorite feature, a jump to the action button. So if you're really busy and you just want to get right to it because you're super horny, you just press the button and it's going to take you right to where the action starts. So what are you waiting for? Go get Dipsy. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash strictly anon. Dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. Or just go to the description, click on the link and your free trial is gonna be activated. Thanks, Dipsy, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, my God. So, wait, take me on that journey. So, if it's so forbidden, I'm assuming masturbation is like, no way do you do it. Do they even teach you about it or do they not even talk about it? So, you, you probably won't even believe it. I didn't even know how to refer to my private parts. I didn't know a name for them until I was in my mid-teens. And I think it's an, an enormous problem health-wise, meaning that somebody from my community is experiencing health problems down there, then they're not able to go to a doctor and articulate what they're experiencing properly because they don't even know how to refer to their body parts. I think it's terrible. Wow. So they don't, they just make it like a nothing. Like, it's not like they're overly like, oh, you got to hide that. That's your private parts. And that's your penis, which to me is one side of the spectrum. Are they like on the other where they just don't even acknowledge it? Yeah, it's, it's completely not talked about wow. ever, I would say. It was probably somewhere in mid-teens mm -hmm. that I started playing with my body, I guess, as normal teenagers start to do. They start to explore themselves. Yeah. And I realized that when I touched my cock, it felt pleasurable. Mm -hmm. and, and this got me intrigued. And I wanted to be able to take that pleasure further. But there was no way I could really find out information except that we had generally internet is also access to the internet is very limited within my community but oh. at home for I guess for like basic needs we did have one computer but that one computer was in quite a public setting none of the kids say are allowed to have computers in their own room um, even my parents don't and none of us have smartphones 
it's literally just one electronic device between i've got six siblings and wow so there's eight of us in the in the house and we've got one electronic device at home so i was intrigued and i wanted to be able to take the pleasure that i'd experienced further so one day when my parents were out i decided that that was the perfect opportunity to look up on the computer i knew it was a place that you could search for information and i was like this is the only place where i'm going to be able to enhance this experience and as i said at this point i didn't even know that it was forbidden in the jewish religion i guess i intrinsically knew that it wasn't something i was supposed to talk about and it was something i had to be secret about so i so i looked it up on the computer mm -hmm. but i had a i guess i had a bit of a problem which was that as i said my sex education was so limited that i didn't even know what to um, Google? Term. I didn't yeah. even know the term to refer to my penis. I wow. didn't know what to put in the search bar. So I think I started off by looking up um, what is the name of your body part that hangs between your legs? Or something, wow. something like that. You're that insulated that like you don't have outside friends that are going to tell you about these things. That's how much you don't know even no, as a I, teenager. No, I, I'd never even met anyone or Probably, I mean, the most I'd ever met somebody from outside the community was, say, going to a store and buying something. It was like the most I ever interacted with right, anybody right. from the outside world. It was like completely, completely cut off. Anyways, so the answer I got on the on the internet <laughs> was when I looked that up was testicles. So I was like, okay, well, I'll check that that's true. So I put testicles into the search bar and yeah. What came up was obviously not, it was, it was close to the thing I was referring to, but not yeah. exactly the thing I was referring to. So then I put in, I think something like, what is the name of your body part above your testicles? Oh, like you're getting closer, and, right? Oh my goodness. And so what appeared was a diagram of the male anatomy. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a part that the part that I was referring to was called a penis. So now I had the appropriate terminology to be able to look up how to make my penis feel good so that's exactly what i did and i clicked on the first website that came up and it essentially told me the basics of masturbation which at that point was a word I, another word i learned for the first time and it told me something like you wrap your hand around the length of your penis and stroke up and down so i obviously cleared the internet history on the computer and I went back, I went to my bedroom and I was like, wow, I've got to put this new information into action because <laughs> yeah. I guess before when I had experienced pleasure by touching my dick, I'd never touched it, I guess, in like a coordinated way. So, so I tried this and it was like the most amazing, like pleasurable experience that had ever happened to me. And like, I couldn't believe that like when I did this, increased in size and then once that happened everything felt even more pleasurable and then after a couple of minutes i came for the first time so that was obviously the most sensational feeling were can were you confused about the calm or had you read about that yeah so i was going to say <laughs> yeah i'm I was sorry a, i was pretty freaked out i was pretty freaked out by it <laughs> oh because, my goodness. because obviously that's not what i was used to coming out of my dick so i guess i was a bit worried and I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that. So I stopped. And then I was like, a couple of days later, my parents were out again. And I, I'd had such pleasure. I was like, I don't want to give up on this just because that happened. I was like, I guess I don't know whether that's normal, whether that's what happens, whether that's uh, not what usually happens. I didn't know. So I went back to the computer and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll see if I can find a video of someone else doing this. And then I could see if like, that's what happens at the end. So sure enough, I looked it up and I found a video of a guy coming off. <laughs> and yeah. And sure enough, what happened at the end was the exact same thing that I I'd experienced. So I guess it was all good. I could carry on, but I guess that something else had happened at the same time, which was that I found myself on my first porn site. And I saw that there were other videos there and I was intrigued to see uh, what else was out there. So it, well, of course, wasn't too long until I saw two people having sex for the first time. And I couldn't believe, I guess I couldn't believe how passionate it was and how into it they were and the moans and how much pleasure they seemed to be experiencing. And so that gave me even more intrigue. 
regarding because I, I guess now I, I finally knew that that tower penis and a vagina interacted. Yeah. And so that that intrigued me even more. Like I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about the relationship between men and women and a woman. in that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But obviously I couldn't, most of the time my parents were at home and I, I could barely watch porn ever. So I wanted to see more. And so a few months later, it was my birthday. My grandparents gave me some money, which I think they were expecting me to save or something. But I ended up going in secret to buy my own laptop. Oh, and naughty boy. We, we, yeah, very naughty. So obviously that's something that's also completely not allowed in my community. Course, I mean, if that had what, been... Yeah. To, to give you an idea, if say my school had found out, I would have been kicked out. Right, it's that bad. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I don't even have a doubt in my mind that I'd be right. The, there's like no out. separation from school, from the people yeah. next door, from any like one community, and you all follow the fucking rules, and everyone knows everyone's business, and everyone has to do the same. And there's like complete transparency in everything. It's like it's crazy, yeah. you know, because like in our world, like your school can't tell you what the fuck to do at home, but in your world, which is so crazy that if you did something at home in the privacy of your own bedroom and your the community found out, you would lose everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I know. So I obviously had to hide it pretty carefully. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's obviously that factor. And also my parents wouldn't have reacted too well, to say the least. To put it lightly, um, so I hit it quite well, and I I, uh, I I started watching in my bathroom, and and I would jerk off, and I guess this that was the start of a couple of years of exploring myself in that way, and that's kind of how things continued, and I guess it was during it was probably during that couple of years that I I can't even remember how it was that I found out, but I found out that both of these activities, both jerking off and watching porn, are both forbidden by my religion. But it was the most enjoyable thing that I'd ever experienced in my life. So I was basically just like, screw it, I'm going to carry on. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess that was my first like act of rebellion. Oh, it gets way worse because I, like, I know gonna, that you, you meet couples yeah. and or have orgies. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> How does so that I was happen? Like, I'm not going to get, I'm, yeah. Yeah. So I'll come to it. So, uh, so I wasn't going to let uh, any of like these laws from stopping me. And around the time of uh, the pandemic, I came to find OnlyFans and I'd saved up a good bit of money. Um, and so I was able to subscribe to some of the girls and I, I particularly enjoyed like being able to communicate with them because it was like the first time in my life that I'd in any way, even though it was obviously it wasn't face to face, it was the first time in my life I'd communicated with anybody from the outside world. Yeah. And at a certain point, I came across a couple on, on OnlyFans who not only DM their subscribers, but also do like Skype calls uh, with, with them, obviously for a fee. You can see them. I did that. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I got to watch people having sex live. Uh, and I told them that it was obviously something that was completely outside of my community. And I, but I told them that was something I, I really wanted to experience. And so the, the woman and the couple, she, it's when she suggested to 18 year old me to go try out a sex club where I could find people who would be willing to have sex with me and who were outside my community and who I didn't know and wouldn't judge me in the way I would be judged in my community and it, where doing it wouldn't have the repercussions it would have in my community. And so I was like, well, that sounds really cool. I'll try it out. And so I guess that is the context behind my first trip to the swingers club. Wow. But how far did you have to travel to find a sex club in the vicinity of your neighborhood? Like, you know, how close was one to your neighborhood or far? As in, I, I live in London. I can probably tell from my accent, but there's a number of clubs in oh, London. Oh, okay, because you're in a big city, um, so they're, they're there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the public transport made it quite easy to get to, so it wasn't like I was dependent upon somebody else to go there. I'm generally not such a big sleeper. I'm somebody who's able to go on, like, a three, four-hour sleep. So if I was up late at night out of the house it wasn't like something it wasn't like my parents would be suspicious of me right um, but let me ask you this so, because you do wear a certain outfit that is a big tell you know where what 
what your religion is and what your beliefs are. So when you go to this club the first time, do you bring like a change of clothes or do you go in your outfit that you typically wear? So obviously I didn't think it would be the best way of uh, attracting <laughs> a potential sexual partners. At the club, in the club, dressed in my well, that's what I mean. Like, where did you get the clothes from for that Uh, first time? So, meaning those are obviously the clothes we wear in public, but at home, like when you're sitting at home, you don't necessarily like dress that formally. And I guess I don't know, I don't know if it's like this, like around around the world, but generally, definitely in like places in London, yeah, in these kinds of clubs, they expect you to dress a bit more formally, yeah. So. So that so that actually suited me because I guess I just I had plenty of shirts so I just put on a, a button down shirt mm-hmm. and I put on like a pair of chinos and like I was good to go. Wow! It wasn't that the clothing wasn't that big of a deal because you had such it, a big right. deal. All right, so wait, so now you find a sex club close to where you live and you decide to go all by yourself. You have balls, let me tell you. <laughs> Like, were you nervous or excited? Yeah, I probably was. I think a bit of both. I was really excited to see what I would experience there. But I also knew it was an environment completely alien to any environment I'd ever experienced before. And so I guess I was a bit nervous. I was a bit nervous what people would think of me, even though I obviously wasn't dressed quite in the same way that I'm usually dressed in public. I was worried that I wouldn't say in a way fit in because yeah of course because you know who I'm you not, are i'm not used to general society and I, I, yeah. I, I guess there's lots of social cues and lots of ways people interact with each other that aren't necessarily the accepted norm in my, in my society so yeah, that, that was a bit sense. of a conflict there but i had this couple who on on only fans i had asked them for some advice um so that kind of reassured me a bit mm-hmm. but i was pretty nervous and i especially when i was like traveling there and it was almost like the tension was building. It was like the countdown to, to my first time. And that was quite nerve wracking. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, so what happened on your first uh, experience at a swingers club? Sex club, swingers club? So I guess it's pretty, especially from where I come from. And I'm sure it's probably the same for anybody who goes for the first time. Yeah. It's a pretty different environment to the one you're used to. Luckily, I went to one that they, this, this couple is from London. They'd suggested to me one that was known for being very friendly. And they showed me around the place, um, which was quite interesting. And I guess I was a bit nervous to go and interact with people straight away. And luckily, I got there at nine and I was there until like two o'clock in the morning. So I had quite a bit of time to settle in. And it was probably for like a while, maybe maybe even like up to an hour where I pretty much didn't speak to anyone. And I was just kind of like watching what was going on and mm-hmm. probably looked a bit weird. I was scouting out the place, but I wasn't really I wasn't really sure how to approach anyone. I guess I also look on the younger side. So there yeah. were people there who would never have been interested in me in the first place. Or just like, I would think it, you typically don't see people that young. Because listen, an 18-year-old guy could go to like a party and fuck a girl. I mean, for you, this was like your only way to really have sex. You had to go to a sex club, if you think about it. Yeah, it's, I had I never thought about it in that way. Like why, I guess it's not so typical for people that young to go. No, but that was, think about, you were a problem solver. You had a problem and you solved it. I mean, that would be the only, if you think about it, how else does somebody that grew up with the rules that you had and the education that you had and confined to the, the, I don't know, what is it called? Teachings of your culture. Like, what are you supposed to do? This is what you had to do. If you wanted to have sex, that was your only way of figuring out, get in touch with that part of yourself. You had to go to a sex club. There was no place, there was nothing else you could do really. It's quite, it's quite a compliment to be told by the problem solver that I'm a good problem solver. <laughs> I'm a fucking problem solver, so I know I could tell another problem solver. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you had a problem. You wanted to have sex. You, want, you were curious, and you solved it. I mean, people must be like, what the fuck is this little kid doing here? You're 18, you know? I mean, that's like super well, I young. Was, I guess supported or enhanced by the fact that Maybe maybe this comes from my uh, from my Jewish roots. I can grow quite a good beard, um, which can make me look, which does make me look a, a little bit older, older, right, 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 a bit, uh-huh. uh, 
little bit older than I am. As mm-hmm. in, I, I still look on the younger side, obviously, yeah. for people. I would say, at least where I was, I would say the average person was probably in their like mid-late 30s. Mm-hmm. So I obviously looked a lot younger than that. Yeah. But even like now, people say that, especially when I have a beard, I look like I may be somewhere around like 24, 25. Right. So that, that did help me a little bit. I didn't look like a little child in there. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. But wait, did... Did you have any kind of sex or did you just sit back and watch that first time? So I guess I was not ready for sex, mm-hmm. but I, I did play a little bit. Uh, I received my first ever blowjob. Oh. Which was which was good fun. There were, there were couples there, but it was also like a lot of single women and single guys. And I think I found it easier the first time when I was very nervous about approaching people I found it easier communicating with like a woman than like the complex all the complications that surround I guess communicating with a couple if that makes sense yeah of course yeah so I ended up hooking up with with this woman and as I said it was my first time receiving oral sex so yeah in general I just kind of watched and I I guess it's kind of my personality I'm more of like a watcher scout out the environment and then uh you know, kind of like plan your move for, for the next time. So the first time was kind of like the, the practice run, the, uh, the prepare for what would be like the real first time, which would be like the next one. Mm-hmm. And I ended up on my second trip, I ended up having sex twice. I think at the beginning, my first time, I, I, I wasn't so good. I've become better over time. And it's not normal for people to lose their virginity with like lots of other people watching them. And oh I yeah, was, like, think about it. Oh my God, you lost your virginity at a sex club. Maybe that's going to be the title. <laughs> Aaron lost his virginity at a sex club. Wait, so right, that's, <laughs> that is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like that was your way of, that was like the same thing like we were saying before. That's like how you had to lose your virginity to a couple. Yeah, it was, the, was it a couple? Yeah, that was my, that was, that was my only way. No, no, no. no. What one was I, I the first one was the first one was just a girl and then the second one was a couple. Right. Oh, it would have been better if it was the couple because then you could say you could tell people like when you're older, like your grandchildren, like, yeah, I lost my virginity to some man's wife. And <laughs> I mean, not that you could ever talk to anyone like this or tell anyone. So wait, so those first time you have your sex, first of all, swingers clubs or, or sex clubs is there like rules that you have to wear condoms and everything is everything always extremely safe or is it up to the people like did you use condoms like because i'm assuming you didn't know about that yeah, shit because you, you didn't know about anything yeah so th- i guess that w- that was something else as in i guess in kind of like my research into it i figured out that that was something that i had to do which by the way that's also something that's forbidden in orthodox judaism yeah, well, that's why you have eight brothers and sisters yeah i guess yeah. and Yes. Yeah, you think your mother wanted yeah. eight fucking kids? I'm, nobody wants eight kids. I mean, I, maybe I, 1% I, honestly, of the population honestly, wants eight per kids, but most people don't want that many kids. Come on. Honestly, it's expensive. Honestly, firstly, firstly, it's six kids. I know oh, it doesn't six. Sound sorry. Okay. Well, yeah, aren't you the seventh the, or are you six altogether? No, no, no. Six. I think, I think where you got eight from was I said, including my parents. Okay. Parents. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But go so, on. yeah. So, I would genuinely say she enjoys having that many children. I really think she she loves that life. But yeah, so that's something that's not allowed in Jewish law. But I guess whilst I, once once I was doing all the other stuff, this wasn't really such a big deal. <laughs> of course, I mean that would be ridiculous <laughs> if you're like, oh, but I couldn't use a condom because it's not allowed in my religion. It's like, yeah, well, fucking people at a sex club isn't either. So. Call it a day. All the rules go out the window, 100%. So you use condoms, of course. That second trip, you had Um, sex twice. Was it, like, amazing for you, considering this was your first time? Yeah, it was, like... I don't think I don't think I knew like the best way. uh, I don't think I don't think I knew the best way to get about it, to go about it, and the Mm -hmm. best way to to do it in a way that is pleasurable for myself. And I think that probably happens. To a lot of people, I, I, I didn't last too long. <laughs> it was like, I, I couldn't believe that, like, that, that kind of feeling, that kind of experience was possible. And as you said, I know it wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't the first one. But the, the second one with the couple, that yeah. was also, like, quite a, that was quite a riveting experience. Like, like, like I, I guess there's that 
in a feeling that like you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it's I like guess that, someone else's wife kind of thing that adds to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, even, even though they're obviously like letting you doing it and it's all consensual. It's still um, salacious. Like I said, it would be like a story you tell people, you know, years later, like, oh, I, like, you know, I fucked some guy's wife while he watched. It's, it's, you know, it's not the common story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it was, it, yeah, that, that was quite a thrill in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So go on. Let's, um, let's hear some more thrilling stories. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, you get orgies do you have like do you eventually start to see specific couples or are you always going to these sex clubs do you eventually start to hook up with people outside i've got some some girls and some couples who i i have like i have a bunch who i who i've like met in club Gen- generally because clubs is basically the place where i've met people mm-hmm. and and like i particularly enjoyed it with and i see them outside too obviously it's in their place it can't be in mine and yeah, so I've had a, a whole range of, uh, of different experience, like experiences, I guess. One that I had quite recently was I got pegged for the first time. That was a lot of fun. I've been pegged by two girls and mm, the feeling of being, of being penetrated is obviously quite different. And so, yeah, so that kind of experience was, was really enjoyable for me. One of include, included within some of these girls. Some of them are cheating on their on their husbands, um, which again is also a lot of fun. I've got two or three girls. Three, oh, really? Three who three yeah three three who their husbands don't know um, about our relationship, and I guess like taking what I experienced to the club to even a further level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm kind of trying to just tick everything off the checklist. Oh. And so I've also been successful in like kind of pairing up some of the some of the girls that I've met in the club so oh, I've now Oh, you mean with each been, other? So you've had a threesome with two girls? Yeah, so so we have like MFF threesomes. I probably had I must have had like 10 now. Yeah, quite a few of them I've had threesomes with like 3 4 times. Or wow. not quite yeah. Yeah, like two or three of them who I've had threesomes with a, a bunch of times. So I guess I try to keep it a bit more exclusive. The girls who I see in outside of the clubs, but I I guess I'm doing it. I, I kind of want to explore as much as possible, do as many things as possible, and just really uh, like live my life and enjoy as many different sexual experiences as possible. But let me ask you this. I'm going to get back to more specific stories, but I want to ask you a quick question because this is like a secret life that you're doing late at night or whenever you're doing it, but you have still this full life where you're in the seminary, you're a part of this community that's like I said, so insular that you're all connected. Does anybody see like a change in you? Does anybody like, does anybody know? Or I mean, would anybody have like, would these people be fucking floored if they found out what was going on with you outside of this world? Yeah, I'd lose all my friends. I'd lose probably my family. I'd lose everything. And luckily, I don't think anybody knows. I think it's probably beyond their imagination yeah it's probably Mm -hmm. beyond anything they can even imagine me doing i guess when you're when there's that many kids i'm the oldest of the six so when that's the case and the parents have to look after all the younger ones like the oldest one kind of just gets left to themselves yeah yeah, so that works in your favor i Typically, like on the weekdays, it's a long day at, at the seminary. I'll probably arrive about seven o'clock in the morning and I'll leave at about 10 o'clock at night. And then, yeah, and then it's and then it's off to the sex club. Do you feel is there any do you feel weird about what you do bad about it? Do you ever have any kind of guilt? That's a very interesting question. I think there is a certain amount of of guilt and I know meaning it's definitely as we've have said it's completely um, forbidden and I'm not in any way in the context of Jewish law justifying what I do it's completely wrong and it's quite difficult because I'm being in a sense pulled by two opposite worlds and I really don't want to let go of either because although I obviously think there's problems with the culture that I grew up in Mm -hmm. and that during the day I currently find myself in 
it's what I'm used to and also a lot that I enjoy about it. Yeah, it's and, not black and white. And, I, I love that you say that. Yeah, and I was going to say I have some really close friends and my family is wonderful and I don't want to I don't want to drop all that. Yeah. But on the other hand, I also don't want my culture to come at the expense of the way I want to experience life. And what it means is it almost puts me in a situation where everyone in my community doesn't know about what I do at night, right? And everybody who I see at night doesn't know about what I do during the day. So oh, that you don't tell anybody. Oh, wow. I, I, maybe in that moment, I feel a little bit embarrassed about it. And I feel it could potentially be like a bit of a turn off. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I but, think, but um, I, I honestly think if you're, you know, it's better to be on DL 100% in both worlds if you're going to do it. I don't know. I mean, I understand that there might be other aspects to why you do it. But I think at the end of the day, bottom line is maybe it is better because you really can't get caught. So just keep your fucking mouth shut. Even over there at the Swingers Club, where I'm assuming people are much more open-minded and they're cool and no one's going to rat you out. But you just never know, you know? Yeah, but I was going to say, though, the disadvantage of that is that well, I guess now, other than you, and there's nobody all in the my world. Listeners. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of and all listeners. Your listeners. Yeah. There's nobody in the world who actually really knows who I am. Right. And that's that's quite a weird feeling because nobody really gets me for me. But that leads me to a question that I was just thinking of before, because I'm assuming in your religion that at some point you get married early on and it's set up or arranged. I mean, what happens when you meet that woman that you're going to get married to? What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess I, I'm trying not to think that far ahead. But when does that happen um, in your community? don't want to think that far ahead. So in my community, uh, you're right, it happens quite young. Mm -hmm. And I guess the general way things work is that, as I said, you you do your period of time in a theological seminary and so that takes you up until something like 22 23 mm -hmm. and then as you said you can't even in our community really interact with any people of the opposite sex so it's not even like i could choose who i date like i have no way of of like right it's pre-arranged it's arranged somebody. it's an arranged yeah marriage so, eventually. so it's arranged mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it is arranged meaning you're allowed to go on a date and you're allowed to say no okay and, and many people I guess get married a bit later because it takes a bit longer to meet someone that suits them. But I should say that in our community, when two people marry each other, they don't, they haven't known each other for the length of time that people in the normal world have known each other for. Meaning, say, for example, my parents um, went on four dates mm -hmm. before, and that was it. They spent, say, so I don't know, let's say each one was two hours. I don't know exactly how long they were. Yeah. Right? They spent eight hours together before my father proposed to my mother. And that's the typical um, way that it works. It's not like you date for two years yeah, and then decide. Quick. Yeah, right, because that's the purpose of it. I get it. It's because that's you're going on dates with these people not to go on dates. You're going on dates to get married. So if you meet that married. person and you're yeah. like, this is the person, you, what's the fucking point of waiting? A lot of girls would be happy with that <laughs> arrangement. In the and then world. after that, and then after that, and then after that, it's only like a month or two until you get married. Yeah. Meaning that mm -hmm. you're, when, when you get married, you're getting married to someone who like, really, you barely know. Let's be honest. Are you allowed to get divorced? Is there any divorce? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is allowed. So you have like a two or three, you're 19, you're going to get married by the time you're 23, 24-ish, 25-ish, maybe. I mean, you have a couple years left to have your fun, but you're getting to live experiences that most people don't have at this young age. Maybe, you know, by the time you're 25, you'll have been there, done that. You know, you've already had MFF threesomes many, many times. You've had orgies, right? I mean... <laughs> Maybe yeah. by the time you meet that girl, you're just you'll be able to hang your hat. I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, I was I was going to say that even when I look at myself and in the future, mm -hmm. say even if it was a possibility, I don't think I would be personally comfortable to live that kind of lifestyle within a marriage. Yeah, yeah, Meaning yeah. Meaning I'm happy. Right. I'm happy being a single guy, but it could just be like so drilled into me from what from where I come from. But I do see. Uh, a strong value in fidelity 
And I don't think that's something that I would want in my marriage. And an aspiration that I do have, which is to marry somebody, build a home with them. But maybe the way I think about it, I guess it's not as adventurous and as full of different experiences. But once you're married, I guess the nature of it is different. But you do have somebody to have sexual activity with, which like right now, the only way I can access that is through these things, right? And I do think in a weird way, because you're doing a lot, like the only thing you can do from now till then is like this crazy sex stuff that some people never get to live out. You're, (laughs) that's all you get to live out because you have no other access. So maybe in, you'll be completely fine doing that because you've, like I said, been there, done that. You've had all of these experiences. I think it's great that that's your aspiration to do that. That's what you were raised with. That's what you want for yourself. I think that that's great to know that. And in a weird way, it's kind of great that you're getting this all out of your system ahead of time because you're maybe even easier for you to be monogamous to that one person once that time comes because you have had so many experiences and got to, you know, really do all these things. Like I said, that most people that are listening to this haven't had that those experiences. Like what kind of orgies have you had? Are these the ones that take place in the sex clubs? Uh, yeah, I've only ever had... Actually, that's not true. I have had... There's one experience I'll, t- I'll, I'll talk about after. But yeah. I guess in the sex club, the one which I go to, I guess I built quite a a decent reputation within the club Mm -hmm. and on Thursday nights it's basically really only for couples and women but they allow in it something like up to 10 single men oh interesting Mm -hmm. and and yeah and they have one room with like an enormous bed and then and then yeah there's uh orgies take place in there and there's lots of women and lots of couples to be able to have sex with and we would in in the rooms we have orgies I guess I enjoy it I don't really feel it to be so different to a normal sexual experience in the club because I'm not used to sex where you're just in a room and you just have two people and there's nobody else around (laughs) I'm only I'm only used to sex where where you've got other people around me so I don't even I don't necessarily even have so much to say because I just kind of see it as normal almost yeah. that when you have sex, there's other people around around you. And I almost have found it weird when out, outside of the club, I've had experiences where it's like just me and one other person or two other people. It's it's almost yeah. like, what do I do? There's so little going on. There's so little, there's so, there's so few things stimulating my brain. Yeah. Interesting. And um, another experience I had, which was really cool, was I tried a club just outside of London, mm-hmm. and they they play a game I'd never experienced it before. I don't know if it's something that uh, goes on a lot in a lot of clubs called Bad Girls. Oh, um, interesting! I never where, heard of that. So what they do is they have lots of they have lots of single women there over the night, and and lots of single guys, and they give all the single guys two hundred dollars worth in like fake money, and the girls have to go around and basically pleasure the guys. And if the guys enjoy it, they then give you a tip. Oh, and, I like and at this. The end of, that sounds like fun. And at the end of the, yeah. And at the end of the night, the girl who gets the most money and is, it gets a prize. I think the top three actually get prizes, but that's great fun because they also, for more money, you can purchase more, more fake money which I guess entices more girls to come and do stuff with you. But I mean, that, that's quite an interesting experience because it's sex within a game, meaning this girl has like, she's got, she's motivated to really pleasure you as much as possible. So yeah, whoever thought that, and, that's, a smart yeah. man, that's a smart man who thought that shit up. I mean, come on. <laughs> It's fun for the yeah. girl, but think about, like you said, for the guy, it's ideal because this girl is going to work, is going to give you the best blowjob she's ever given anybody because if she's competitive at all, which I am, I would be like, oh my God, I need to make a lot of money. You know, you don't want to knock it tipped. So it really yeah. puts the pressure on. What are the prizes they give those girls? I mean, are they winning like some bullshit prize or are they winning something like an iPhone or are they winning like a t-shirt? 
I think the ones who come first, the, the ones who come first, I think they win like holidays, vacations. Right. So it's like real, it's like a real prize. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, I like that contest. That sounds like fun. What is it called? Bad girls night? Bad girls. Yeah. Wow. And so, and then how much money do you get that you have, you get to give out a couple hundred bucks or something? Yeah. So they give you a couple of hundred. Mm-hmm. But as I said, you can purchase more. Right. Um, because obviously, if you run out of money, the no girl's going to come to you because she's like, well, there's <laughs> no point in doing that because yeah. he's got no money to give me. Yeah. So you go and purchase more money, you'll you'll get the most amount of experiences during the night. Right, right. Wow. Well, do you go to these clubs like every weekend, every night? I mean, how many times a month you go? I guess it depends on what's going what else is going on in my life at that current time mm-hmm. so when i'm in the theological seminary which is a, a long period of time during the year if i go every night i will destroy myself because if i get home at three four o'clock in the morning and then i have to wake up at six thirty, and i do that every night i will kill myself mm-hmm. and so i can't do that so i guess i go probably twice a week on average mm-hmm. when i'm on vacation I go all rogue and sometimes I I can go like every night for like a month. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And I've got family in over in America and in LA and a couple of times during my holidays, I've been there and that's a whole different experience. The sex clubs in LA. How come? What's Uh, different there? uh, I guess. Firstly, I think it's much easier to pull girls. Interestingly, very, very, very easy. And also, I guess it's just like higher end and you see there's often like celebrities around and maybe it's just like living in LA in general, that the place is full of celebrities and it's full of... The sex clubs? I, it's, yeah. Like who have you seen in a sex club? Which celebrities? As in, so, I, so I've seen a couple of porn stars there. I don't know if you'd call them, maybe you wouldn't call them celebrities. Alina Lopez was there mm-hmm. once when I went and Sky Bree. Yeah, she's an OnlyFans girl. Um, she she gave me a blowjob actually. That was good fun. Really? Uh, yeah. What um, are you on a scale of one to? What, what are you on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, I I think like an eight nine. Oh, okay. So you're very. I'm all, <laughs> that's a good rating. I also think I'm very enhanced by the fact that I've really got a very nicely sized dick. Oh, okay. You're well um, endowed. Yeah. It's like I think if you didn't bring that up, I would have never asked that question. And people would have been like, why didn't you fucking ask him how big his dick is? Like, here you are saying that that girl, you know, that famous porn star girl blew you. And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe it's because he's good looking. It's like, no, it's maybe because he had a big dick (laughs) in a swingers club. That's like it's different. You know, it's different rules. She I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good looking, too. But it's like uh, it's like seven and a half inches and like thick but not too thick so mm-hmm. it's like girls say it's like fills them up but doesn't hurt right 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 so it's kind of perfect it's like a perfect size mm-hmm. yeah so the ones in LA you even so even when you go to visit your family there you're looking up the sex clubs and going yeah for me like during a during a vacation that's really what I want to be doing wow it's crazy right your life would you ever ever thought I mean yeah it's it's uh I guess on the, it's firstly it's really atypical Mm-hmm. It's not what anybody does, and and I and I and I really enjoy both worlds. I I guess people, in a sense, want to escape from the world that they come from, and I'm not really in that place. <laughs> I see a lot of value in the world that I come from, and I think that there's certain problems, certain restrictions that I don't like. Yeah, no, that's why. That's why I like that about you. I like that those both things exist, and I do think, yeah, a lot of times you just hear from the people that are on the more extreme ends, either the person that buys totally into it or the persons that like, fuck this, I don't buy into any of this because of these little things. But you're like, listen, there's certain things that I think is like not right, but there's a lot of it that does work for you and you do like it and you want to remain in that community. It's it's interesting, but I, I think that that's admirable. Of You know, I actually think it's lucky of you that you feel that way. You know, it is truly just the way you feel. I think it's harder 
for that person that want, that denounces it all because sometimes they do lose their family and they lose out. And it doesn't sound like you're, you, you are trying to hold on to it just because you don't want all those ramifications. It just sounds like you, it's like you, you said, it really is like you like where you come from and you want to remain in that community and you have a good relationship with your friends and your family and you want to have a traditional marriage, but you enjoy this sex that you're having too. Such, it's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess I was thinking about it, though. Part of the reason could be because the only people you ever hear about who have who do all these crazy things are people who completely rejected their their lifestyle. It's because the, right. It's the only the way culture that they come from. Yeah. I'm only getting this story because I'm letting you be anonymous. So that's why I'm getting this fucking story. Nobody else gets this story yeah. because people don't keep people anonymous. And by the time that person, if they're out there talking, if somebody in your community is out there talking about going to sex clubs, they're out. <laughs> they have to be out or, they, or they're yeah. going to get kicked out. So, yeah. I mean, I wonder if there are uh, other, there has to be other people like you. It's... Right, but probably a very small percentage of people. I would assume so. I mean, really, I really I have no idea. I can't tell you. I would think that it wouldn't be so many people, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's lots of people who. Yes, let's put a shout out. I want to put a shout out to anybody. Like, are there any other Aaron's out there? Are you an Aaron? If you're an Aaron, (laughs) quote unquote, Aaron now is code for. I'm an ultra-Orthodox Jewish man who goes to sex clubs. Email me because I want to know if it is prevalent. Because, like, listen, you know, just the way you found your dick and didn't know what it was, but it was getting hard, and then you stroked it, and you're like, oh, this feels good. You know, there's you're a a human being, first and foremost, and an animal, first and foremost. So these kind of natural urges and curiosities have to come up in every guy, right? Nobody talks about what they do, but how creative has the, have these other people got? I think your, like I said, your problem solving was very interesting and extreme. To me, it was, it makes mm-hmm. sense. It's kind of just like you solve the solution. That was the only way to do it. So you went to sex club, but I think a lot of other people wouldn't do that. But I wonder what they do do to get their fucking rocks off. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's so many people who do it in as extreme a way as I have done. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are quite a lot of people who do in a certain sense rebel, but not maybe in the same way. Right. They didn't say, oh, I'll go to a sex club. I mean, it kind of just, it kind of evolved. It's like a snowball for you. You know, one thing led to another, led to another. And then like someone just said, go to the, you know, the, the OnlyFans girl that told you. And you're like, okay, you know, what else were you supposed to do? It kind of makes sense in your life and your path and how everything was set up. But most people, I think, wouldn't make that jump or leap because I just don't think it would snowball in the same way. But yeah, there's probably a lot of other people in your community that are like having sex or rebelling or masturbating or Googling porn, you know, as well, like that. Oh, yeah. If you're talking about, if you're talking about, if you're talking about uh, masturbating and porn, I think that's right. Um, no, I'm talking about sex. You know, what, what about these, like how many people are in your community are really virgins men when they meet that first girl and how many aren't, how many, and how many women, I mean, women get horny too. Girls find their clit and like, what the fuck is this? You know, and they might sit on something and they, it feels good. Girls have the same thing. So I just wonder how far other people have taken it. I think you're probably the minority, of course. I don't know that there's probably that many errands out there. That's why I love that you called into my show and I have this story. Because to me, it's like fascinating. I think, you know, you probably have a lot more hot stories. I have to wrap it up now, but you probably have a lot more hot stories. I just think that there's so many other parts of this story that were interesting that I had to focus on too, because it's such a... I like that kind of stuff. You know, you can't take that out of this story. You're not just, you, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to this that is fascinating. The The fact that you're like a young guy that got into sex clubs, but you know, the fact that you're in this really religious, I had this really religious upbringing. I mean, there's so many parts of it that are interesting altogether, you know? 
it really is like the perfect storm. And it's 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 a great story. And I thank you so much for coming on and sharing it with me. I don't know. I'm trying to wrap this up. <laughs> and I sound like a stupid ass. I was going to say, maybe you'll have to have me back on so I can tell more stories. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to see your evolution. I would assume you're never going to get caught. I would hate to see you get caught because you are very close with your family and your community and you would never want to lose all that. But I don't think that you will. And I'm hoping that's not the update I get from you. I just will have another talk when you've had more experiences or when you, you know, and I'd love to know when you get do meet that girl in your community that you fall in love with and have a relationship and wind up happy. That would that's interesting, too. You know, the whole thing is interesting. The evolution of Aaron. Can I can I ask you if you if you would have any advice as to like how I should proceed given what I do? Like should what do I you carry mean? on doing it? How long? As in should I carry on doing what I do? When should I stop? I mean, um, you know, it's hard. It's like how do you stop now? I mean, I think that like you you do want a white picket fence kind of regular vanilla life that is appealing to you that I just think maybe it's going to work its way out of you. It's like some people are attracted to this lifestyle because they they are anti that kind of a situation or what you're looking forward to in the rest of your life, you know, and so they could never be without it. But I think that, you know, you might just work yourself out of it from like the experience. And when you do finally meet a girl that you get married to that you'll be fine. You might wind up doing it till the end. I don't know that you, like what advice I would give you, like stop doing it when, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that you need my advice. Yeah. You, you don't sound confused. That maybe that's what it is. You just don't sound confused to me. I just, I don't think I'm confused right now. Mm-hmm. But when I look into the future, it looks a bit hazy. Yeah, like, don't um, look into the future. This is what I think for you. Um, I think you know enough about yourself right now that we know probably what your future looks like. Your future probably looks like uh, you have six kids and you're married to a woman that is your same religion and you're monogamous and you're that's where you're at. Right now, you're not there yet, but I so I think it'll all work out that you wind up there. You don't need to know what happens in between now and then, but I so you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, I meaning when the time comes, things will sort themselves out. Yeah, you're clear about what you want in your future right now. You're doing this and you're young and you're experiencing things. And I think that when you feel differently about it, you'll know. I think eventually you'll give it up. Yeah. And do you think, do you think I'll, do you think I'll miss it? No, I think you're getting your fucking fill. I don't know. Maybe when you're like 40 again, you know, it'll come back around. You'll be like, oh my God, after you, but I mean, you're going once a day when you're not in the seminary to two times a week. I mean, I think you're having your fucking fill. I don't know. I mean, I'm being a psychic at this point by predicting things. You're going to, you'll know that for yourself. And, you know, listen, if it turns out that by the time your traditional lifestyle is presented to you and you are like, wow, I can't give this up and I can't, you'll have to cross that bridge. That'll be an interesting conversation if you get to that place. But you just don't know how you're going to feel. And I would wait until you have to make those decisions to figure it out. You don't need to figure it out right now because you don't, those, those decisions aren't in front of you. Thanks. I think that's good advice. Yeah. So keep me posted. I love this story. It's fucking fascinating. I could talk to, you know, you just about all the traditions and your religion and everything for 10 hours. It's like fascinating because I don't know much about it. But do me a favor. Send me a picture of the traditional outfits that people wear or like a picture of you in one without a face like that I could post if you have because I think that that's interesting part of this thing for my patron. If you want, if not, that's fine. I'll just Google it. But yeah, I'm not sure if I want to send one of myself. And I guess if I do it without my face, it's like without the hat, it doesn't look so. It it's does. like a suit and a white shirt. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Google it. I'm going to put pictures yeah. up on my Patreon. I'm going to do me a favor. Google, like send me something like a stock photo of like what how, what it is that represents what we're talking yeah. about. It would be interesting to me. Yeah, I'd like to post that. I'd like to see it. I'm going to go Googling. But I want to make sure that I'm posting like the real deal. So do that. And thank you so much for sharing your story. 
Thank you so much for having me. And and I was going to say that if any girls who are like a bit like me email you, please put them in contact with me. I will, for sure. Or any other errands. If we find somebody within your community that has the same thing or wants to talk to you, I think that would be interesting too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics, and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests, as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictlyanonymouspodcast. That's patreon.com slash strictlyanonymouspodcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous.